Thank you for listening to the Calvary Monterey podcast. Please visit calvary.com to learn more about our church. And visit nateholdridge.com for additional Bible teaching from our lead pastor, Nate Holdridge. Handle our cares. And let's read 1 Peter 5, verse 7, though, as we begin. Peter here says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, in context, especially because this is sort of a topical sort of study, this casting of all of our cares, or as it says in the English Standard Version, anxieties, is to be a response to God's call in the previous verse to humble ourselves under his mighty hand, that he may exalt us in due time, which reminds us that taking a position of humility doesn't mean, does not mean that we are unseen and uncared for by God. It actually means the opposite. God's eyes are on the humble. He's got more and more grace that he wants to give to the humble. It's the humble that he wants to exalt. And yet knowing all of that, we can still get weighed down with cares, anxiety, worries, distractions in this life. And I'm going to ask you this morning, just a really simple sort of question. Did anybody bring cares with them onto this campus or into this sanctuary today? Only a few of us are really struggling. <laughs> you and me? A couple of us? <laughs> Guys, I believe this morning that God wants to encourage us and, and help us to be better equipped in knowing how to handle our cares, that casting our cares upon the Lord is not theoretical. It's not theoretical but that it's extremely practical. And there are ways for us to put this verse into practice in our lives according to the word of God. And so whether you're ready or not, we're plunging right into the deep end, so to speak, into this subject. And so this morning, there's three practical things, if you're a note taker, three things, three calls to action, if you will, that the Lord may stand out to me and that I'd like us to consider and take to heart this morning as we learn how to handle our cares. And I'm going to give you the three things up front, but then we'll dive into each one. The first thing is that we need to recognize. Secondly, we're going to need to respond. And then thirdly, we're going to need to remember. So here we go. First thing, first call to action as we seek to learn how to handle our cares is that we are to recognize. Now, the first part of this is recognizing that we're going to have cares in this life. Peter says, casting all your care, which means to me that there is an assumption that we will have cares that need to be cast. We will have cares. Jesus himself said that in this world, we will have tribulation. We will have trouble. It's one of those verses we wish that Jesus didn't say. Jesus, couldn't you have just said everything's going to be rainbows and unicorns? Everything's going to be great. Life's going to be perfect. If we just follow you, it's just all going to be gravy. It's going to be awesome. No, he says, you're going to have struggles. Stuff's going to be hard. You're going to deal with things in this life that are going to want to weigh you down. You're going to weigh you down. And those troubles become a source of care. Now, let me say just right off the bat that not all cares are bad. Not all cares are bad. There, there are valid things to care or be concerned about. A lack of concern can be a sign of a lack of care, being cold or calloused towards people or situations. Concern is often rooted in compassion, and that's a good thing. But understand that that word care in 1 Peter 5, 7, as I said, can also be translated anxiety or worry. The root part of this Greek word means to divide or to cut into pieces. And this is what our cares, our anxieties, our worries do to us and specifically to our minds because that's where our cares reside in our minds. 
These cares cause our minds to be cut, to be pulled into pieces where our thoughts begin to run wild in all different sorts of directions, causing our minds not to be at rest and lacking in peace. And maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there this morning. Maybe you barely got yourself to church this morning. Maybe this week is some even in first service, just, man, this week's been hard. Things have been difficult. Guys, our minds are really the true battlefield in our lives, even more so than the physical. Worry and anxiety can come out of physical things that are happening, but worry and anxiety and cares are not tangible or physical things. They are mental and they have to be dealt with accordingly. We're going to face difficult things in this life. We're going to face stressful situations. We're going to become fearful and anxious about uncertain outcomes, worried and burdened by things that are out of control or, the, or that just seem out of control to us. And it's important for us to not make excuses for our cares, our anxieties, our worries, the things that are tearing or pulling us in pieces mentally, but instead... We need to identify those things so that we can handle them the way that God is telling us to. So we have to recognize that that there's going to be cares in this life. Know that. Be prepared for that. And it doesn't mean that you're unspiritual if you have cares. You ever begun to beat yourself up over you having a hard time with the things that you're struggling with? It's like becomes this vicious cycle. You're already discouraged by the things that are going on, but you become further discouraged because you start to see yourself as a sort of a subpar Christian. Why can't I get this thing right? I'm looking at so-and-so over here, and man, they seem to really know how, they're really in that groove. They sort of, found the secret to successful peacekeeping in their mind. You're like, what book did you read? What podcast are you listening to? And oftentimes we deal with these things and then we're, we're, we're dealing with all the, the struggles and we're all being sanctified by the Spirit of God And what we don't always understand is we're looking what someone else is going through and we see the peace that God is giving them is that they've done the very thing that you and I are just supposed to be doing equally the same, which is just staying in that place of dependence and desperation for the Lord. There's not a spiritual elite sort of class. There's no class system in the kingdom of God. It's all equal at the foot of the cross, you and I. And so when we deal with these things, we need to know how to deal with them properly. You're going to have cares. But what we do with those cares makes all the difference. So we got to recognize that we're going to have cares. But the second part I want to kind of point out here is we seek to recognize in how we handle our cares is that we have to recognize what those cares do to us. Listen, the cares that we don't cast upon the Lord will become a weight and burden on our minds and lives, which will eventually consume our minds and our hearts, burying us and will hinder us in our walks with the Lord. The cares that we keep will weigh us down. And when we're hunched over with that load of cares on top of us, it makes it really hard for us to get our eyes upon Jesus. Our cares can quickly and easily become a point of distraction where we're not fully able to focus on the Lord anymore. Guys, we need to be conscious of our cares and what they can do to us because our cares can quickly graduate in our minds from a simple place of concern to a place where we're actually being robbed of the joy and peace of God. And it can happen really quickly. 
cares that aren't handled properly, being cast to the Lord, will keep us from the peace of God, which is found in our God, who is our peace. We can't be careless with our cares, or our cares will end up damaging us. So we, we've got to recognize how to handle our cares. That's the that's first sort of aspect. But as we move on now and looking at how to handle our cares, the second call to action is that we are to respond. We've got to respond. It's not enough for us to just recognize that we're going to have cares or recognize what they're going to do to us. We have to act upon what we know. Peter says in verse 7, casting all your care upon him. And as I thought about how this is accomplished, what came to my mind when thinking about this call to action to respond is that our first step of response in casting our care is to draw near to the Lord and spend time with him. Seems really basic, right? But oftentimes it's the thing that we don't do first. See, I don't think this casting of cares is to be done, done from afar like we're sort of lobbing our cares to him as if he were light years away from us and hoping they make it to him. All of a sudden, we become Uncle Rico. Like, back in 82, I'd throw a pigskin a quarter mile. You know, like, we, we kind of... Did, none of you saw Napoleon Dynamite? What's wrong with you? Listen, I know it's kind of an older movie, but just track with me. Help me out here. I'm a guest speaker, so you're supposed to kind of... Just kidding. Okay. But we'll do that with our cares. What, what we can find ourselves kind of doing and treating our cares in is sort of like, gosh, Lord, you're way over here, and I'm going to sort of cast them to you, and I'm going to hope that they make it to you. And then we're wondering, like, gosh, I still feel the same way. I'm still feeling just as burdened. I'm still feeling just as way down. And what we're missing, sort of the ingredient that's missing in our spiritual life is the proximity. He's not looking us to lob some Hail Mary sort of thing with our cares to him where we're kind of like, oh gosh, I don't know. Did it get, ah, he's going, look, just draw near to me. Just when we think of that abiding sort of relationship, I mean, it couldn't be a clearer picture of nearness. It's not a, it's not a, a lob. It's a, it's a, hey, I'm right next to you, Jesus. I'm just going to, I'm just going to kind of drop it right into your lap. I'm going to place it right into your hands. See, this nearness aspect of things, oftentimes we can find ourselves in this place where we're feeling like there's some sort of distance. We're feeling some sort of disconnect. We have to remember in that place, our emotions will tell us one thing. The reality is, is that the distance is never created by God. It's never God that's now making there be some sort of gap in between us and him. It's us oftentimes that have just kind of, we, we find ourselves sort of drifting a little bit. And he's going, look, just, just like it says in James chapter 4, draw near to me. I will draw near to you. There's no reluctance on God's end. But what he's desiring for us is to not neglect that first sort of thing, which is just to park ourselves right up as close to him as possible. Time spent in the presence of God, whether it's time in his word or in prayer or in worship or in service in him or, or, or fellowship with his people, time spent in his presence, I hope you found this to be true in your own life, is restorative and healing and it transforms us. And actually, it's time spent with the Lord that usually gives us the clarity to see our cares properly. When we spend time with the Lord, when we draw near to the Lord, we start to see things the way that they actually are, not the way our minds or emotions are making them out to be. Listen to what we're told in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. It says, therefore, sorry, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It's vitally important to know the kind of access we've been given to the Lord. Boldness. 
is to be what characterizes how you and I come to the throne of grace with our cares. You ever become reluctant? You ever felt like, ah, God doesn't, he doesn't have time for that. Sometimes we start to, we start to kind of like designate sizes and like ability. Like, oh, this is too small. He doesn't want to deal with it. He couldn't. This is too big. It's too big for him. I can't. There is none of that. He's not wanting us to be timid. He doesn't want us to be reluctant. He doesn't want us even to be doubtful. But if we are doubtful, bring those doubts to him too. Be bold and bring your doubts to the Lord. He knows we need his peace. He knows that we deal with cares. He knows that anxieties can quickly grab a hold of our minds. And so he says, look, come to my throne of grace. They've got mercy and I've got grace for you to help in time of need. And I don't know about you, but I'm in need all the time. All the time. There's a world outside of sort of the body of Christ that looks at us and go, oh, it's a crutch for you. Well, gosh, it's not just a crutch, it's everything. Jesus isn't just a crutch, he is everything in my life. I I am a mess without him. And the times that I don't think I'm in need are usually the times I'm in need of him the most. When I'm in that place of pride and I'm going, I've got this, Lord, I'm doing this thing, everything's fine. It's kind of a dangerous place to find ourselves in, isn't it? We're to come to his throne of grace. He got peace for us. He, he sees when we're lacking in peace and he's mindful of the cares that we get burdened with. And when we find ourselves in need of his peace, what's needed by us is just to draw near to him and spend time with him. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. One of my favorite passages in scripture, Jesus said this. He said, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What do we do when we feel burdened, when we feel weighed down and worried and anxious and distracted, when our minds and hearts and lives are lacking rest, they're lacking in peace, they're full of cares? Well, We come to Jesus. He is the rest giver. He is the care, the anxiety, the worry taker. See, when we yoke ourselves, when we connect ourselves, when we abide in and hang out with Jesus and we learn from him, we find that he is gentle and lowly in heart. We find that his yoke is easy and his burden is light and it's in that place of closeness to Jesus yoked to him, that we find rest for our souls. Understand that word souls speaks of the area of our mind, our thought life, where our cares reside. And this is an interesting thing because we're not, I mean, there is sort of an agricultural sort of thing going on nearby and even here in Monterey and in this sort of kind of vicinity of central California, but we don't see oxen or we don't see animals sort of yoked together. That's not sort of a common thing probably for most of us. We hear the word being yoked and we're like, dude, I'm a stud. Like, do be yoked. <laughs> no, nobody else? <laughs> it's just me. Born in the late 70s. I grew up in the 80s. Yoked was a thing. Anyway, okay. You don't know Napoleon Bynum, you don't know Yoke. I got to talk to Nate afterwards. <clears throat> For the longest time, I thought that Nate just couldn't grow hair. It turns out he just didn't grow his hair out. That was weird. Anyways, I don't even know why I said that. He has great hair. He's got great, nice hair. <clears throat> I can't grow a beard, so let's move on from that. But yoking yourselves to Jesus. When we think about this concept, we, we, we imagine then in our minds this This object which none of us would ever want to put our heads in. Seems very burdensome. Seems very, you know, cumbersome and just irritating. And and when we think of a yoke, we think of work. We think of sweat. We think of 
just something hard. We think of maybe being driven by sort of a taskmaster, and yet Jesus doesn't say, you yoke yourself up and I'll whip you from behind. He says, you come to me and you get in the yoke with me. He says, you get yourself in that yoke with me. And when we do that, you know what we find? We find a lightness. We find rest. We find a release of burdens. It seems like the complete opposite of how it should work. But what we find when we're yoked to Jesus is he does everything. He does everything, but you know what he wants? He just wants us near to himself. We look at yoke, being yoked, we think of abiding, and we, we kind of approach it oftentimes with sort of a Bluetooth technology sort of thing. Can I be yoked to you from afar? Can I be like 20 feet away? Can I abide in you, but can I, can I do it from, you know, it's like I want to have, I got my own thing going on here, Jesus. But we miss out on all the sweetness that comes from just being as close to him as possible. To be yoked to him requires closeness of proximity, fellowship, intimacy with him. Being near to Jesus and spending time with Jesus is the place where rest, where peace is found for you and me. Again, the first part of this call of action to respond and knowing how to handle our cares is where to cast our cares upon, in, is that the casting of our cares upon him is to be done from a place of nearness. But the second part of it is that the actual casting of our cares is to be accomplished through prayer. Casting our cares upon the Lord is primarily done through prayer. Listen to what we're told in Psalm chapter 61, verses 1 and 2. The psalmist there writes this. He says, Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. This all begins with prayer. When we cry out to God, he does attend to our prayer. He hears and responds to our prayers. And when my heart is overwhelmed, when my problems or difficulties seem so big that I feel like they're going to bury me. This is where I was at just 11 months ago, walking onto this campus. This was me. What I need and what you need is to be led to the rock that is higher than ourselves, to Jesus, our rock and our redeemer. We need to be led to the one who is bigger than our problems who is bigger than our difficulties, who is bigger than the cares even in our own minds so that we can gain a right perspective of those things that they're actually small in comparison to the greatness of our God. But maybe you, like me, have found yourself at times holding on to your cares instead of casting them where they belong, giving them to the Lord through prayer. What happens in those times? Well, see, when we don't cast our cares to the Lord, those cares become so big that they obstruct our proper view of how big and good our God is. They fill our focus to the point where we can't properly see our God anymore. And our cares will start to tell us something different about our God than the word of God tells us. They'll tell us things like this. You know what? He, he, he can't really handle this. It's not going to work out. You're never going to feel better. This situation is never going to get resolved. This relationship is never going to be healed. You're never going to see victory in this area of your life. You're always going to be scraping by financially. Your cares, my cares, will, will start to tell us something that is actually not rooted in the truth of who God is, and they'll begin to obstruct and skew how we see the truth of our God. Guys, we can't hold on to those things. We have to cast them to the Lord in prayer. 
He wants to hear us cry out to him. But oftentimes what happens is that the cares that easily overwhelm us that we were never meant to carry or hold onto in the first place are the things that we end up holding onto and letting be a weight upon us. It could be bitterness. It could be unforgiveness. It could be a hurt from the past, a mistake that you've made, something that's happened to you or something that's happened around you. And those things can be carried by us where they become a burden, a weight upon us that we were never meant to carry. We are to unload those things upon Jesus because not only has he told us to do it, but he wants to take all of it from us and give us a lightness and rest spiritually in him. See, when we release those things to the Lord, when we cast those things upon him, we get to step into such a sweet place where we're obeying and trusting him at his word. But the how of this is through prayer. We cast our cares upon him by taking those things to him in prayer, all of them, every single one of them, not just some of them. And I encourage you today as I seek to do myself to name those cares to the Lord. It can be really easy to just come to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I got stuff going on. Can you just, just help me? He knows. And sometimes we don't even have the words. Sometimes we're so burdened, we're so weighed down, we, we, don't even have the, we don't even know what words to say. We don't even know how to pray. But I encourage you guys, those things, whatever those things are, whatever, if it's a relationship, if it's how your business is going, if it's, if it's something that's just, it's weighing on you, name those things to the Lord and say, God, please, would you take those things? I cast those things upon you, Lord. Would you... Work them out for our good and your eternal glory. We are not to be anxious. Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7 makes this clear to us. It's a command. God says there, be anxious for nothing. And in the Greek, it's actually written as an imperative. He's saying, you must not be anxious about anything. And we might read that verse and be like, God, you don't even care about me. Be kind. Like we're ta- we kind of can read that verse at times like as if we were bringing a prayer request to somebody else and they were just like, get over it. And you're like, gosh, I'm never coming to you for prayer again. <laughs> I'm struggling. I got something going on. Well, buck up and like, just take care of business. Sometimes we can approach a verse like that and think, well, like, God, you're a little cold here. But understand his command is not cold. It's because he cares. He knows what those cares do to us. He knows what those anxieties do to us. So he doesn't, he doesn't kind of coddle us in it like, well, if you can, don't be anxious. No, he goes, don't do it because I know how it's going to impact your heart. I know how it's going to impact your relationship with me. I know it's how it's going to impact your relationship with others in the body of Christ. Don't be anxious. Bring those things to me in prayer. I've got peace for you that will surpass your understanding. You won't even get it. But listen, if we don't trust him, we won't cast our cares to him. But can I tell you this morning, he is trustworthy. He cares for us. We're not to be anxious or worried or full of cares about anything because he knows what those cares will do to us. But listen, when anxiety or worry starts to creep in and grip our hearts or anxious thoughts sort of simmer in our minds, anything that pulls us away from the peace of God that he desires us to walk in, we need to pray and give those things over to him. And I love it because there's a a sweet promise that follows in that passage in Philippians 4, 7. It says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's a promise. Listen to what Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, verse 27. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. See, in contrast with the world's peace, God's peace doesn't need something to cease or an agreement to be reached or a contract to be signed in order for us to experience it. In fact, 
Most of the time, everything around us will still be uncertain. The trial can still be happening. The questions may still not be answered. And yet it's at those times when the peace of God will come in and surpass our understanding and stand guard over the door of our hearts. And this is huge because anxiety is something that takes place in our minds but can affect our entire body. Stress can ruin your health and even kill you. (laughs) Nothing can even be happening outwardly. You can be worried that something is happening and become sick because of the worry over something that's not even actually happening. You can be so stressed out that your body will actually begin to break down and it's all in your mind. Anxiety, worry, care starts in our minds and can affect our whole bodies. But the solution to the anxiety, the worry, the care is that we're to pray in everything, giving every bit of it, all of it to the Lord. To give sort of a modern example, and this is something that's kind of helpful for me, as I teach every week and prepare Bible studies, I'm a manuscript sort of guy. I have like word for word everything that I'm wanting to say. I can deviate from it, but at least it's there. There's not like a quote that I really wanted to share, but I didn't put it in. I already know me. It'll be gone before the service starts. But for me, what can happen sometimes is I'm working on a document and maybe, maybe I've got another alternate sort of document that's, that's, that's blank is, is I'll, I'll go, oh, I'm going to I'm going to transfer this thing over. I'm going to take some of this and I'm going to, I'm going to start something different or I'm going to get rid of that thing, but I, I don't want to fully get rid of it. I don't want to delete it. So I'm going to, I'm going to cut and paste. Cut and paste. But oftentimes what I find myself doing is copying and pasting. I don't know why. It's not that hard. Command C, command V. Two totally different keys, right? But they're like right next to each other. Anyways. I'll take all that stuff and I'll highlight. I could have like two pages worth of something in my document. And and what I think I'm doing is cutting and pasting. So I highlight it and I take that thing and then I go to transfer. But you know what I end up doing is is I copy and paste. So instead of getting rid of all of that and putting it somewhere else, all I did was double what I already had. I added to the thing that I was trying to get rid of. And I believe we do this sort of thing with our cares in our prayer life. Instead of cutting and pasting in the document of our minds, the cares of our life and transferring them over to the Lord and saying, Jesus, you take these things. What I do is I say, Jesus, take these things, but then I just copy and paste. I just add more in. I don't actually get rid of anything. I I have sort of a mental acknowledgement, Jesus, here's some cares, but I'm not actually relinquishing them to the Lord. Anyone else find themselves doing that? We need to keep in mind a different sort of mentality in our prayer life with the cares that we carry. That we wouldn't just copy and paste. Okay, Lord, here you know about it, but I'm still holding on to it. And all I've done in a, I've now is I've magnified. I've multiplied what was already there. But to actually fully give those things over to the Lord and say, Jesus, I can't. I can't. I just can't. Can we be honest? We can't. We think we can handle them. And sometimes we, we think that we're like, we're not doing the right thing if we don't hold those things close to our hearts. Maybe it's something you did in the past and you feel like, gosh, I can't let go of that thing. You know Jesus has forgiven you, but you can't forgive yourself. And that thing just weighs upon you for years upon end. Why do we do that? When Jesus is saying clearly here, you cast them to me. You know what that tells me? I wasn't ever meant to keep those things. Neither were you. Charles Spurgeon said this about casting our cares. He said, this work of casting can be so difficult that we need to use two hands to do it. He says, the hand of prayer and the hand of faith. Prayer, he says, tells God what the care is and asks God to help while faith believes that God can and will do it. 
It's so important that we remember to continually cast all of our cares to the Lord through prayer. Our hopes, our thoughts, our desires, our struggles, our hurts, our worries, our grief, everything to him. And we might have to do it a thousand times over in a day, but keep doing it. And in return, he'll give us his peace. So we're to respond, but now finally, our third call to action in learning how to handle our cares is that we're to remember. In verse 7 of 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter follows up the exhortation to cast all our care upon him by reminding us of a crucial and needed reminder of truth that he says this, he, our God, cares for us. The first part of this call to action to remember is that we have to get our minds, our thoughts on the Lord and in line with his word. Check out what we're told in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. It says there, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You know, one really practical way for us to do this is by flooding our minds with the truth of the word of God, whether this is through our own personal reading or listening to Bible studies or listening to songs of worship that are saturated in scripture, the word of God and our worship of God are both weapons that combat the cares that threaten to consume our minds. See, when our minds are stayed, they're fixed upon Jesus and we're trusting in Jesus. He keeps us in perfect peace. So we just have to keep our thoughts and minds on the Lord continually. Easier said than done, right? Why is it so hard for us to keep our minds fixed on the Lord? Maybe you, like me, have found yourself many times in a place where you're, you're trying to keep your mind on the Lord, but your thoughts keep going back to the thing that is robbing you of experiencing his perfect peace. What do we do when we're in that place? Well, I'm glad you asked. God's word speaks into this. Listen to what we're told in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Notice what he says there in the second part of the verse, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. If, if our minds continue to dwell on the things that are keeping us from God's peace and, and actually are bringing us greater anxiety or worry or frustration or anger or depression or whatever, what God's word tells us to do is consciously and continually take every single one of those thoughts captive, grabbing a hold of them and submitting them in obedience to Christ. And again, this is primarily done through prayer, but it's extremely practical. The moment those thoughts come into our mind, we cannot entertain them. We cannot entertain them. We can't let them run wild, but we're to bring those thoughts before the Lord and ask him to take those things. And we have to continue doing that every single time those thoughts enter into our minds. See, if we don't take those peace-threatening, peace-robbing thoughts captive, those thoughts, those cares will actually take us captive. And when they take us captive, it's impossible for us to stay in that place of perfect peace because we then become prisoners in our own minds to thoughts that don't belong there. A practical way to do this is to replace those things threatening God's peace in our minds with things that bring us God's peace. Listen to what we're told in Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9. Paul there says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, wouldn't that eliminate a lot of things that we think about? <laughs> Meditate on these things. Keep your mind saturated with these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, Paul says, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Notice that he doesn't give us the specifics of the things themselves, but the qualities that are to, de to define what things were to fill and saturate our minds with and replace those peace-threatening, peace-robbing thoughts with. Guys, please understand this. Receiving the peace of God is not some secret thing that can only be learned from time and solitude and silence. Because if you've ever 
thought that was the way to do it, when you got alone or you got to a quiet place, what was still there with you? Your thoughts. You can't escape those things. Solitude is not how we find peace. Jesus is our peace. He's not, as, peace isn't just something that Jesus gives to us. I think sometimes we think of Jesus like as Batman. And he's got this utility belt with all this stuff. Like he's got some love. He's got some peace. He's got some joy. Lord, just zing me over some of that peace. No, the Bible says he himself is our peace. That God is love. What we need is him. He is the answer to the things that we're dealing with. But we've got to recognize those cares that are keeping us from his peace. We've got to respond by giving those cares to him where we exchange our cares for his peace. And we need to remember that our God of peace is the one who cares for us deeply. But now kind of the final part of this, the last kind of aspect of this call of action to remember is that we need to remind ourselves of who our God is, his character and his nature. See, our cares, our anxieties, our worries actually cause us to forget about our God who cares for us, cause us to forget his faithfulness in the past, cause us to forget his trustworthiness in the present, that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, that he's good in spite of the things that we deal with in this life, that, that he's working even when we can't see what he's doing, that he is our deliverer that he's our strong tower and refuge, that he is all powerful and that he's for us and not against us. Look, he is a good father. We've got to remember, we've got to remind ourselves of who he is, who he has always been and who he always will be. And we've got to keep our minds on him in order to handle our cares properly. Listen, God cares for you this morning. Does anybody need to be reminded of that? He cares for you. He sees you. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows what's going on in the recesses of your mind that no one else even has been invited into. Those secret things, he knows all of that. He sees it. And let me say this, on top of that, he sees it and he still loves you. Oh, man. And here's the thing. There's a really unfair exchange that Jesus is desiring this morning. He's saying, look, give me all your cares. And in exchange, I'll give you my peace. I'll give you rest. I'll take those things. We will invite people into those sorts of times. We'll we'll have relationships where we'll say, you know, you 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 can lean on me. But man, what if they just, what if everything in their minds every single day they brought to you? You couldn't handle it. And yet Jesus is saying, cast your care upon me. Bring all your complaints. Bring all your frustrations. Bring all your anger. Bring everything to me. And you give it all to me. I want it. I care for you. Guys, this is just the assurance we need in order to be able to confidently throw, to cast our cares upon him by faith. He is able to handle the things we care about and carry close to our hearts that he wants to meet us where we're at with whatever it is that we're dealing with. And I'm gonna have Riley come back up. He's gonna lead us in one last song. But look, this morning, I encourage you, cast your care upon him. He does care for you. So recognize, recognize the cares. Recognize what they'll do to you. Respond by drawing near to the Lord. Spend time with him. Cast all your cares to him through prayer. Remember the one who cares for you. Remember his character and his nature. Remember his faithfulness in the past. Get your minds on him. I'm going to do something this morning. I'm going to give an invitation here just in a moment for anybody who maybe has never first just opened their heart to Jesus Christ. Maybe this morning the kind of care that you're needing is to be reminded of the greatest display of care that's ever taken place, which is that Jesus, God in human flesh, stepped into our mess. And he walked here among us. 
And he lived a perfect and sinless life. And what he did in the greatest unfair exchange ever to take place, even far greater than us just giving our cares to him and getting his peace, is that we gave him all of our sin and our unrighteousness. And in place, what he's invited us into is he goes, cool, I'll take all your sin. That's what I did upon the cross. I took all of your disgrace. I took all of your shame. And in return, I give you salvation, eternal life, forgiveness of sins, hope. Man, what could be greater than that? But what I want to do also after that this morning as everyone's heads are going to be bowed is Maybe you've brought cares into this place this morning. Maybe this morning this, this resonates with you and you're going, like, I got some things that I've been holding on to. And what I'm going to invite us to do this morning, because I re- even though 11 months ago was a different season for me, I still deal with cares. That this morning we would have a moment to stand if that's you and you're wanting to really see the Lord just take those things from you to find rest maybe this morning, to yoke yourself back up to Jesus again this morning and to say, Jesus, take my cares. And in a gesture of giving our cares to the Lord, I'm going to invite us to stand up and to just lift our hands and say, Jesus, I cast my cares to you. And so would you guys pray with me? Lord, this morning, thank you. Thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for your great care. Lord, even in this room, sure there's some, Lord, who maybe this morning they don't feel very cared for. Maybe they don't feel very loved. Maybe, Lord, this morning there's some who never asked you, Lord Jesus, to be their Savior, their Lord, to forgive them of their sins. If that's you this morning and you've come into this place, the Bible says that we were born dead and our sin and our trespasses. Doesn't seem very hopeful when you hear the word dead. But here's the thing, there is new life to be found in Jesus Christ. There is hope. There's grace. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. And this morning, Jesus is saying, look, come to me. I wanna save you, I wanna forgive you, I wanna give you a new start. I want to give you real life now and eternal life forever. But you've got to respond by opening your heart to him. If that's you this morning and you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ, maybe for the first time, would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? Not asking anything crazy. I see you up here. Anybody else this morning? I see you in the back. Look, you have an opportunity today. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not even guaranteed another second but we have right now. Jesus loves you. He, want to, he wants to save you. Anybody else? Would you raise your hand if that's you this morning? I see you over here on the side. Those of you that raised your hands, I just encourage you right now, just in your own heart, just say, Jesus, would you forgive me? Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And Jesus, I believe you're my savior. Jesus, would you come into my life? Would you save me? Would you make me a new creation in Christ? Would you wash all the old away and make everything become new? Jesus, I put my trust in you. Jesus, seal me with your Holy Spirit and give me the promise and hope hope of eternity with you. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sin and that you rose from the grave. I put my faith in you now. And I just encourage you on the promise of Scripture that as you pray that, the Bible says you will be saved. It is a promise. I encourage you, before you leave today, make sure one of us gets to follow up with you. Don't leave too quick. But look, for those, the rest of us this morning who know Jesus personally, maybe we've had those cares. Look, here's an opportunity for us. Maybe we've been dealing with stuff and we've had a really hard time with letting things go. Maybe there's some cares 
that we've been holding on to for a really long time. And this morning, Jesus is saying, look, enough is enough. You were never meant to carry those things in the first place. Would you be bold enough this morning to stand where you're at with me and just just make a declaration to the Lord to say, Jesus, I want to cast those things to you. It is not an unspiritual thing here. We've got some cares. You got cares? You've got anxieties and fears and struggles? Anyone else? I'm going to give you another few moments. Would you stand with me and just lift up your hands? It's not anything crazy. I encourage you just, I think there's a few more. You're, you're a little reluctant right now. Look, don't worry about anybody around you. They've got their own cares that they have to take to Jesus. You, you bring yours to him. But would you with me, just out loud, because I think this is a really healthy thing to do, just say, Jesus, I cast my cares upon you. Jesus, thank you for caring for me. I give these things to you now. I place them into your hands and I don't want to take them back. Lord, would you work these things for my good and your glory? Lord, thank you for this this morning. Thank you for your your people. Lord, thank you for this response. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you that you're in this place. God, and as we respond, and we're just going to sing that song, Yes, I Will. Lord, to just make a declaration this morning, God, to say, I will, Lord. I will trust you. I will cast my cares upon you, Lord. And we're going to do that today. And so, Lord God, we thank you. Fill us with your spirit, Lord, afresh and anew, even now. Receive your praise, Lord, everything that's due to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like more teachings and information about Calvary Monterey, please visit calvary.com. You can also find books, teachings through the Bible, and articles from our lead pastor at nateholdridge.com. Thanks again for tuning in. See you next week.